All right, I'm here to start some more Tim Talks. Welcome very much to these talks. I'm always amazed uh, that people want to listen. It's such an honor, and I don't take it lightly. So let's get right into it. So I asked some people to make some requests on talks to do, and one was, uh, it keeps coming up, is people wanted me to start talking a little bit about a part of my past when I used to work uh, with chimpanzees and elephants and tigers and lions and many, many other uh, exotic animals. It almost seems like another lifetime. I'm now 67 and it was in my 20s. I started doing that at 20 and through my, through my 20s. And I think back on that time, uh, and it really was beyond extraordinary, the opportunity that I had. And it really, I've had a wonderful life. And I look at that time, though, with those animals, it brings tears to my eyes. Um, it was an extraordinary time. And the, the honor of being able to work with those animals was so incredible that all these years later, um, literally almost like 45 or more years later, um, it still is the highlight of my life. And I've had so many highlights. And that's not to take away from anything else. It was just one of those moments. You know, if you look at your own life, you think about this. There's times, whether it's a moment, whether it's a day, whether it's a week, whether it's a year or more, where your life seems to move into an extraordinary place. And before you will often lay the most extraordinary options, the most wonderful things for you to be involved in making the world a better place and to bring joy to your life and to some other being's life or something, you know, meaningful work, meaningful moments, meaningful things happening. And part of your challenge in life, and it's my challenge too, is to be able to identify those things, either when they're coming or while they're happening, and get the most out of them. Milk them, if you will. I mean, give them life. Give them your energy, your, your love, your, your intelligence, your work ethic, commitment to give it your best. And hopefully they'll, they'll grow in your life and become beyond extraordinary and often they will shape your life they'll lead you down paths that you could never have imagined you would have gone down um, so so many of those times those moments in our lives are we, we we pass them by we forget about them we don't we don't acknowledge them we don't pay attention and we lose our moment so think about that and even for me going back now to when in my early 20s when I worked with these animals I knew something was special. So let me just start out, and this will probably be a few Tim Talks. Um, when I was, I'd come out of, when I was like in my late teens, um, I'd, I'd finished high school, I'd gone to the Canadian wilderness, which you might already know, as I wrote about that in my book, Growing Up with a Soul Full of Nature, and I think I've done Tim Talks on it. I went to the Canadian wilderness for a number of months to, for an extended vision quest and a wilderness trip 
and to find and spend time with bears and wolves. And when I came out, I, was, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I couldn't afford to go to college back then. I thought about it. Um, and I, I, I'm driving down uh, uh, Highway 5, which had just been built, actually. And I'm coming through Oregon, and I stopped to visit a friend. And I get a job there with him. Uh, cutting firewood in the wilderness and building trails for the BLM. So that was great. I did that for a chunk of time. I'd go into the wilderness and repair and build trails and I'd cut firewood and sell it uh, from down trees. And it was in a place called Sunny Valley, Oregon. I loved it there. And I'm there working and I'm going, what's my next step? What's my next step? You know, I, I just had this monstrous vision quest in Canada. And I knew I was clear. I knew I wanted to do meaningful work in my life that made a difference in the world. I knew that I wanted to work outside in my life, almost always outside. Um, and, and I knew that it had to be something that I loved and that would challenge me to keep growing and be a better person and do better skills wise with whatever it was. Um, and, and, and many other things too. Um, I, I knew that I wanted to work with good people who, who were kind and, and generous and caring and loving. And I would, of course, give that back in return. So I'm thinking about that. I'm spending time thinking about it. And I get a call from an old friend from high school. And uh, John Racanelli. And uh, John says, Tim, I'm working at a place called Marine World Africa USA. And... It's down in Redwood City on the bay, San Francisco Bay. And I'm working, it's a, it's a sea mammal animal park. And I'm working, he said, with whales and dolphins and fish. And he was the person who would dive into the tanks, the aqu giant aquariums, and clean everything and take care of it, feeding all the animals and so forth. He was the keeper, the caretaker of the animals. And he said, they got elephants and chimps and tigers and lions and things here. They always need help. Why don't you come and get a summer job? I thought, well, God, I loved animals. I mean, I grew up my whole life working with farm animals, with dogs, with cats, rescuing animals. I knew animals were a big part of my life. And in fact, I knew that I wanted to work with animals all my life, too, somehow or another, way or another. So this call seemed uh, meant to be spirit-driven. And I said... I will check it out. So I called Marine World, I applied, I got the job, and boom, back down to the Bay Area I went for a job that was literally going to set the stage for the rest of my life. So here I am. I come to Marine World Africa USA, and uh, the first day I get there, I'm given a, I'm given the job as the as to help the elephant trainer and to help and assist the chimpanzee trainer and to feed, be the, help the keepers feed all the cat, big cats and the birds and all the other animals that lived at the park. There was, there was birds of prey, you, you name it. It was everything in that place. Now, just a quick note. I know that a lot of, there's been a lot of controversy over the years about animals in captivity, um, their care, and, you know, it, it doing in circus type shows where animals are, do, are dressed like humans and, and going out um, into the and, and doing shows for, to entertain people. And it has not through the years, it's become less attractive socially and not considered OK. 
And in general, I agree with that. And, and now you'll see most animal parks that had whales or dolphins have closed. It's not allowed anymore. I agree with that. And most uh, animal parks and circuses have also closed where they do entertainment with animals. And I generally agree with that. Although I don't think it's black and white. There are exceptions. <clears throat> and I think one exception was me at that time. And I, it's easy to say. I understand. But for one thing, I was young. I didn't know all the, the politics around it and the ins and outs of that. I was just a kid who had an opportunity before me to work with elephants and chips. So I just wanted to say that. I'm also a, a huge believer in the animal rights movement. I fight hard for farm animals and animals in zoos and parks to be cared for well. And I'm also, uh, I'll just back up a little. I'm very skeptical of many zoos, which I think are more like prisons for animals. And they, they, they should be changed. They're not allowed to do that way. But there are some extraordinary zoos, private and uh, government run, which help animals to breed with the hope of, of them someday being released back in the wild when we save enough land where animals can be safe. And the hope is that these animals, if they're taken well care of and, live, and, and have quality lives, can become great ambassadors for nature to entice and excite people to go out and join animal organizations, donate money, donate time to help make the world a better place for animals. Which my plug is more than anything, land, wild land, wild land. And so just, I wanted to add that to this conversation. So I get to Marine World, it's like, what am I gonna do? I got this English, trainer from Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus who is like crazy nice guy but I'm talking wild crazy human and he's the elephant trainer and the first thing he says to me all right there's seven elephants there's there's Sam the big male there's Margie the female giant female there's Matidi the African female and Sam was the the African male um, Margie was the Indian, the Indian um, elephant female, um, and then there were many others that would kind of come and go. Um, and he shows me the elephant barn, and he says the first thing you got to do is get accepted by the elephants. And I said, "What does that mean?" He says, "Well, you got to go in there, and hopefully they won't kill you. And if they do, you got to fight back. They're dominant animals; they they have a hierarchy, and they're going to test you." So I go in and I go up to Sam, who's about 14 feet at the shoulders, and I'm six. You can imagine, twice my height or more. And he's the big male, and I, I, I walk up to him to pet him, and he takes me and throws me with his tusk uh, about 10 feet into the plywood wall, and I am hurting. So I remember the guy saying, you gotta go after him, you gotta, you know, how do you go after an elephant that big, right? And how, and I would, I'm not, a, I'm not that way anyway, I don't wanna hurt animals. So I just ran after him with a rake. I had a rake and I jammed it accidentally. It hit his eye and he screamed. And I felt so bad. And I thought I was going to die at that moment because he would just could have simply crushed me. But he calmed down. His eye got better. It was just like if you get an eye poke. 
And he looked at me and we just knew we were going to be okay. And I gave him a big old hug. And literally, guys, I want you to know, um, I was there for probably five years, maybe. And many, many, many nights, I would go into the elephant barn and lay down next to him and sleep with him, Sam. And this is an animal that's, oh God, I don't know, 8,000 pounds, you know, or more. And I never felt unsafe. It was extraordinary. Some of the greatest times of my life were working with these animals. And some of the greatest of all was literally going into the elephant barn in the morning. And there's so much elephant poop. My job was to clean it. And I'd dance and I'd joust with the elephants and I'd play with them and I'd fill wheelbarrows full of elephant poop until I got it all out of there. And then I'd put fresh straw in and they'd roll in it. And then I got to take them all for walks all over the park and the back belt area we called it. it was a wild area along San Francisco Bay. And I'd always ride, ride all of them all the time, all I wanted. I'd lay with them, hang out with them. They were my best friends. Fed them incredible apples, incredible breads, incredible hay, incredible all kinds of neat, uh, extra beautiful kinds of fruits and vegetables that would come in. I'd set up deals with different local produce people to give us all their leftover stuff. I mean, it was such a life. And the same thing um, with the chimpanzees. I, I uh, also met the chimp trainer, and he told me, break in with the chimps. you got to go in and be with them. I would take a crazy elephant any day to a crazy chimp. When a, when a full-on male chimp <clears throat> that's about 160 pounds and about 10 times the strength of a man and 7 times the coordination decides to come at you, it is terrifying. Often the only way you stop them is to bluff them. But again, chimps, very much a hierarchical group society, like human beings, and they're always testing each other, and you have to be taken in by them. You have to, you have to fit in with the group. And once you, you're in, you're in. I mean, you are like a blood brother. And I remember the big male Raffles, his name was Raffles. He loved me from day one. Never tried to hurt me. And he became my go-to guy. In fact, I don't think I've ever loved another being as much as him. I've, I love so many people and I, my marriage and so forth, just beyond words. But there was something between him and I, Raffles and I. And it was just such a pleasure to be together. And I got in with him and then he would help me with the other chimps. And I had seven chimps, sometimes as many as nine, and we'd climb the trees in the park. We'd run around. We'd, I'd do all my animal keeping, caretaking duties, feeding and cleaning. I'd bring the chimps with me. Um, I'd take them home at night. Uh, literally, it was so fun. I'd take them home and they'd li live in the house with me. And it was just, it was an amazing thing. So there's so much more to say about this. But I really, the point of it was, when these moments happen in life, identify them, give them energy, give them medicine, bring them alive in your life, nurture them. It's like watering a plant and watch them unfold and be aware as you go. How are they being a part of my life? How are they affecting my life? How can I keep this thing going? How can I do it better or different? You know, be an active participant in your life and the creation of it. And these magical, amazing things will come your way. I'm going to talk more in future Tim Talks on this. I know I just 
scratch the surface. But thank you for listening, Hope. You know, I started these talks and I still believe they're mostly for uh, our alumni and future students, people who are interested in coming to our school um, to continue with the teachings of the school and or, and or to be introduced to the teachings of the school, which if I had to break it down, it would be to build a deep personal relationship with nature, reclaim our birthright to be close to our earth, in a personal way, um, and uh, a call to action, uh, a willingness to take on the idea of becoming an earth caretaker as one of the purposes, if not the main purpose of our life on earth. That's what these talks are about. I hope they inspire people, um, and I'd love to hear from you on ideas for talks you might like to hear and questions you might have if I brought any up.